what time it is. It's time for another episode of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. I'm your host, Sean Brown, and today we have Dan Roulette joining us. Dan is a commercial and senior photographer whose lighting is just off the charts amazing. And if you have ever heard Dan teach lighting, he has a way of breaking it down like no one else. Dan is the owner of Look Portrait, who is based in Omaha, and then he also has a location in Iowa as well. So he has kind of a a multi-location studio. And one of the things that Dan has that no other senior photographer in the industry that I know of personally has is he actually has a ton of commercial background. And what I mean by that is that he was somebody who uprooted, moved to New York City, wanted to pursue commercial photography, worked with individuals that are top of the commercial photography game to learn lighting and assist and just learn that general workflow. And then what he did is he actually came back and implemented a lot of what he learned into the senior industry, which I think gives his work a completely different look and feel than what we're used to in the industry. So in this episode, we really sit down with him. He talks a little bit about his journey, what he did to go from commercial to senior and kind of back and forth between the two and and ultimately how he approaches senior photography from a lighting perspective to tell a story that fits uh, a narrative. So let's dive in. I'm super excited to bring you guys this conversation with Dan Brulette and hope that you guys enjoy this episode, episode 10 of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. Hey everyone, we are here with another Real Talk episode, and this time we have Dan Brulette on. I'm Sean Brown, again hosting, and we are super excited to have Dan here. So first off, welcome to Real Talk, Dan. All right, thanks for having me. Yeah, so first off, give um, people a little bit of background for those of you who don't know Dan. Dan is based out of Omaha, Nebraska, um, and is an amazing senior and commercial photographer. Um, But Dan will give you a little bit more of his background and kind of how he got started with photography, kind of what made him pick up the camera, and kind of where he is today. Yeah, back, uh, I, got, I got interested in photography back when I went to college. I went to Iowa State University way back in 2002. And uh, during my freshman year there, uh, my roommate was a graphic design major and he just had a copy of Photoshop sitting around. So I picked that up, started playing with that um, on the computer side, eventually got sick of editing other people's photos and bought a camera in about 2003 or four and kind of took off from there and uh, started shooting seniors back in 2004. And then slowly over the next 13 years that evolved into what it is today. So I do, like Sean said, I do commercial work, uh, seniors and kind of everything in between. So. Yeah. And so um, just for people who I, I've obviously talked to you a little bit, so I kind of know a little bit more of your story, but there was a period of time where you actually moved to, to New York and then back to kind of the Midwest. So kind of what was like the biggest thing that you kind of took away from moving around and meeting different people and that sort of thing? Yeah, well, I guess to elaborate on that, when I started into photography, one of the biggest inspirations for me was I would go to Barnes and Noble and I would just sit and look through all the magazines like ESPN magazine or Vogue or any of the the fashion sports editorials that that contain pictures of people. That was kind of my main thing, using cool lighting to make pictures of people. And uh, yeah, I had a studio in Iowa from about 2005 to 2010. And end of 2009, I went out and visited New York. 
really loved it, decided when my lease was up on my studio that I was going to make the jump. And, you know, with all the magazines I was looking at, most of them were based in New York. And I wanted to uh, kind of get a better feel for that and kind of chase that dream. So, yeah, in 2009-10, I moved out to New York. I lived out there for a few years. Uh, had different places I lived, worked with tons of people, met, met a lot of people that I've, I still talk to all the time now and work with. Um, so I kind of made those connections. So that way, when, when I felt my time was up out there, which was around uh, 2013, uh, I decided to move closer to home, came back to Omaha, uh, decent Midwestern sized town, about a million people where I had access to an airport to, to continue doing the commercial editorial work. Um, but just wanted to be a little closer to home. So that's kind of the full circle. And now I've been in Omaha ever since. That's awesome. And you said you own your own studio and you um, do a lot of, of lighting stuff. So how did you kind of get into, I know a lot of of us senior photographers mainly were exclusively shooting natural light. That's just kind of the, the direction that the industry has gone, but kind of where did, how did you fall into using light or what was your inspiration for wanting to introduce light into, into your senior work? Yeah, back when I first started, I would hang out on different forums and things like that pre-Facebook. And uh, one of the uh, guys on the forum was a kind of a fashion shooter from Brazil. And he always had shots that had just great lighting. So being the pest that I am, I emailed him. I emailed a lot of the photographers who were in those magazines I was looking at in Barnes & Noble. And I was just asking them for, you know, the basic tips being that guy who... Uh, who bothers everybody just to see what what equipment because this was before social media this was before any of that so you know getting a random email was about as much as I could as I could dig up so there wasn't there wasn't Instagram or anything like that to try and see behind the scenes so um, luckily a few of those people and some other people on these forums I was involved with shared information because I really loved the lighting from the get-go and one of my first jobs was being a newspaper photographer at the Iowa State Daily where I was responsible for a lot of portraiture. So I bought, I bought some lights. Um, and then luckily enough, they would put me on assignments of photographing, you know, a football player, but not necessarily game action, more of a portrait to tell a story alongside an interview. So I would get to use those lights and uh, take everything from there. And then when I lived in New York City, um, it was really hard to get jobs being an actual photographer to start just because the competition is so fierce. Uh, so I, I met up with a lot of other photographers who needed assistance and things like that. Worked along some great uh, first assistants who have been doing lighting. That's their whole career, just using lights. Learned lots of stuff from them um, and literally went on hundreds of photo shoots for different celebrity shoots and advertising shoots where my only job was to do the lighting. So over the course of those years, plus experiment on my own and shooting my own photos, the lighting has just always been a pretty heavy aspect of my work and I really enjoy it. It's kind of like a puzzle every time of knowing what you want something to look like and then being able to piece it together with the lights to come up with that finished product. So I enjoy that. And then you've actually gotten to work with some pretty cool like celebrities and, and big profile people, haven't you, through kind of your commercial side? Yeah. Um, it, it, it started when I, I became, I went to a workshop in 2008 out in Santa Fe. Um, it was a workshop with the photo editor of Rolling Stone and then a commercial photographer named Max Bidoukal, he's a big fashion photographer from the UK. And they were actually teaching uh, a thing called the Collaborative Portrait. It was a class where to show how a photo editor from a magazine works with a photographer, which I was really interested in. 
And while I was at that workshop, I met a photographer by the name of Victoria Will, and we really hit it off and became great friends. Uh, she lived in New York, so when I moved to New York and didn't have work as a photographer, she was actually the celebrity photographer for the Associated Press. So anytime, a or anytime an actor, a musician, um, an athlete, anybody like that had something new coming out or were in the news, the Associated Press likes to do an interview and a story and she would be the photographer for those stories. But being a one-man show was a little hard for her to get everything together. So seeing that we have similar style and we're good friends, she would bring me on to just strictly do the lighting. So that gave me a lot of opportunities to work with tons of different celebrities. And, and I still work with, with her today on certain jobs, even as recent as October, which is just a month or two ago. So we still work together all the time. And, and that's pretty fun too. And it's a little different when your only job is to look at the lighting and not have to actually the shooting, yeah. Really focus on that one part of your job and do it well. So I like that. Yeah, absolutely. And then kind of, I know a lot of photographers, they, they do weddings, they do portraits and that sort of thing. How do you find a balance between your commercial and your senior work? Yeah, it's tough because it's one of those things where um, generally speaking with commercial work, a lot of people who hire you don't want a jack of all trades. They just want that master of one. So being able to really focus um, within your commercial work. And then on top of that, I am still photographing seniors quite a bit all summer, especially here in Omaha. So, so having that balance of not getting behind or not neglecting one part of the business is tricky. But I think just, you know, with how you schedule your time and make sure that uh, each week, I can't focus just day to day or say a half day on this and a half day on that. I need big chunks of time to focus. So I'll almost do a week where this week is all commercial work, where I update my contacts and reach out to people and you know most of it's marketing as far as commercial work there's probably only a couple shoots a month the vast majority of it is computer work marketing and letting them know you exist or with the seniors it's the same thing um, however being in this market where I am I haven't done as much marketing because I just get word-of-mouth clients and I'm a smaller studio I'm, it's just me here so uh, I only I only photograph a couple dozen seniors per year so it's a little easier as far as marketing goes. So I'd say most of my time goes to the commercial side uh, as that fills up most of the calendar, but then the seniors are definitely there. But it is tricky to focus. I have friends who are wedding photographers as well, and that obviously is a, is a whole weekend commitment, week in, yeah. week out. So and then you have all your other clients during the week. So it's tough, but I think you just have to figure out how to break it down into blocks where you can focus and make sure that you're not just spinning your wheels, but you're actually making progress. And I know if you're, you're anything like me, I could not do weddings because I just don't want to work weekends. And so I'm sure you're probably like the same way. You've got your beers to brew and all that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely not a wedding photographer. I, I do get roped into a few every year um, for people who, you know, who I've promised in the past that I would work with them. But yeah, uh, for the most part, yeah. Between liking uh, college football and basketball, uh, yeah, brewing some beer and just spending time doing nothing outside of, you know, the work week. Um, yeah, I, I just don't want to give up my Friday nights, Saturdays, and then being exhausted on Sunday from running around chasing a bride and groom all day. So yeah, what's not my thing, but teach their own. Yeah, exactly. And then you kind of touched on an important point, which I think is is really essential. And, and you said that the commercial people, they don't want the jack of all trades. They want that master of none. And I think that's kind of everybody could take something away from that where it's really you have to know how to market yourself and and really kind of learn to specialize just because that's where I think you really start to take off rather than trying to run around and do everything is really focusing in on that one 
one subject or that one genre that you really want to photograph well. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And that stems from, uh, I don't remember when it was, probably about 10 years ago. There, there, there's a couple times a year out in California or New York where you can sign up and pay to do a portfolio review. And basically what they do is they'll bring in big time magazine editors, a lot of ad agency people. And it's almost like speed dating. You get a 20 minute seat at a table across from one other person from a magazine or an ad agency. They look at your portfolio and give you tips and pointers and kind of go over everything. They're looking for new photographers to work with. And you're looking as a photographer, you're looking for feedback into your work. And my first portfolio review, I was that jack of all trades. And I went in there thinking, oh, this is great because if there's a portrait person, I can do that. I had some cars in there. I had some fashion. I had all this stuff. And someone looked at me and they said, okay, if I'm looking for a photographer to do this, I see your work and I don't know what I'm going to get back because I if you shoot everything. So I can't pinpoint what you're going to give me. And she said, if you, if money were no object and you were just photographing out of pure passion for photography itself, what would you photograph? You know, if there was only one thing you could photograph that you would wake up every day and be excited about it. And I said, well, probably using lights to create kind of cinematic portraits of people. That's kind of my thing. So basically environmental portraiture, um, whereas my roommate, when I lived in New York, he's a food and cocktail photographer. So all he shoots is fancy drinks and for high-end restaurants, all food. And that was his thing. And he's doing great with that. So I think having that, that niche that you can go to, uh, and that's same with seniors, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people have their specific things, you know, whether it's how you run your business and your brand to kind of bring it all together. So your clients know what they're going to get when they come to you. Absolutely. Kind of that really showing people what they're going to get at the end rather than saying, Hey, I'm charging three grand for senior portraits and they have no idea what direction you're going to take it in or whatever it is. Right. Yeah, exactly. So going back to kind of your move back to Omaha or, or really any point in your career with um, kind of the senior specifics, was there ever a pivoting point where you're like, okay, here's kind of the direction I want to go now. And that, that one game changing moment that you had, if, if there was that in your business. Um, I can't think of one specific, but I think there's that ever evolving situation where as, as I keep experimenting with photo, with photography and trying new things. And at the same time, I guess the main pivot would be when I just up, picked up and left Iowa back in 2010, nine or 10, or sometime in the middle there <laughs> when I picked up and left and basically said, okay, I'm, I've been photographing seniors for the last five years. I'm going to take this business, which was going great, but it wasn't making me necessarily the happiest person in the world because I thought I was missing out. So I guess that pivot was when I, when I said, all right, I'm going to move out of my studio. I'm literally going to sell my car and move all my stuff to New York city just to try that and then come back and bring all that new knowledge I had. And that kind of refreshed vision, having not been with senior photography for several years and learned this other side of the business. Uh, that was definitely a pivot because um, for me, that brought brought it all together as far as the New York the editorial stuff, and I could in, reintroduce that into my senior work. That's actually why I totally rebranded my senior studio when I when I moved back. So I just had a, a new approach. And what was the most difficult part that you had when you moved to New York? If because you're going into a new city, new client base. Obviously, you knew maybe a few individuals through that commercial side, but were you like nervous, or kind of what were your thoughts on just the entire move itself? When I went out, out east? Yeah, to New York, yeah. Um, the thought was, well, I hope I have enough in my savings to get me through this in case it doesn't work, which 
it pretty much was the case uh, for the first year I was out there, I had an internship and then I was just assisting photographers for, you know, as little as $150 per job. Yeah, welcome and to the editorial world. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And those jobs were few and far between at times. I know during the winter, it was definitely a little lean on the work, a lot of us sitting around trying to get work, but not so much luck. So I'd say the biggest hurdle was learning that it's definitely, like, like many industries, it's a who you know, not what you know type of business. And I didn't know anybody. So, and I, you know, now looking back on it, I have all sorts of friends and contacts. So if I were to do something like that again, um, it would be much easier just to, to get in. Yeah. So I'd say that was the biggest hurdle was just meeting the right people in the right places and never taking for granted any of the meetings. I remember a specific time, a woman had called for one to look at my portfolio and she was from a magazine called This Old House. And I thought, why would I ever want to shoot for this old house? Well, it turns out about a month later, she quit working at this old house and then became a photo editor at Men's Health Magazine and hired me. So it was just one of those lessons where it was like, oh, don't take for granted. If someone wants to look at your stuff, there's a lot of change within any industry. And a lot of times people who work a certain job work that same job for another company next. So that was uh, kind of eye-opening and, yeah. and made me feel that if anybody ever wants to see my work and they're in these different realms that I like, I should take them up on it because you never know where that connection is going to lead. And that was definitely a who, you know, not, uh, not basing it off the fact that she was at a magazine I knew nothing about. But yeah. Not burning any bridges along the way, that sort of thing. Oh yeah. Yep. Awesome. And then to kind of close it off, what is one piece of advice that maybe you've picked up from somebody else or that you want to kind of instill in the audience and people watching today? I'd say the main advice is just if you get out there and experiment a lot with your work, so many people just get stuck looking at stuff on the internet or scrolling through an Instagram feed and just saying, oh, I wish I could do this or, you know, they're intimidated by it or they get discouraged because they see this great work, but you have to start somewhere. And I know there's times where I'm doing a test shoot just for me, like an experimental shoot and things aren't looking like they're going to start off perfect. But as far as a setup or a location, and a lot of times that, that can be discouraging in itself. And you think, well, I'll just not do this today. I'll just do it another day. Well, rarely is everything going to line up perfectly. So yeah. sometimes just powering through that, even if you don't have the gear or the right location or the best model or styling or anything like that, just creating something because that kind of gets your wheels turning and gets you moving to the next shot. I feel like creativity is kind of spawned by other creative things you do. So just forcing yourself to get off the couch or get off your phone and go out there and shoot something and try it can kind of help steer you to the direction you want to be and motivate you to do stuff in the future. Yeah. I think it's just getting out and doing the work. Cause if you sit there, it's just, you're just turning the wheels at that point. You're not doing anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's awesome. So um, where can people find you on Instagram, Facebook, or if you even have a Facebook page for your business, that sort of thing. I do not have Facebook, about to say, yeah. personal or business. I pretty much can't stand it. However, I do have Instagram. It's just at Dan Brulette. Um, as you know, I have another Instagram at look portrait, which needs some, needs some work, but we're getting there. Uh, but at Dan Brulette on Instagram is where you'll see most of my posting. Um, other than that, I'm pretty low key. I don't really do a whole lot of Snapchat or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, Instagram's where it is, or just check out my website, danbrillette.com or lookomaha.com is my senior site. Awesome. Sweet. And we'll end with one question that you get to ask the people to answer in the comments below. So what is one question that you have for your audience? It can literally be anything. It can be 
Um, I know you're into brewing, so it could be like, what's your favorite beer? Or as much as, um, do you use studio lights or do you want to get started? Anything that you want? Yeah, I guess. Wow, I didn't, this is. This I know, is I'm putting you on the spot here. I know. Um, I guess my one question would be, oh man. I, I want to know what people want to learn with all with all the stuff with education nowadays, whether we're talking about, you know, different conferences or different magazines or anything like that. I really want to know what people what people are hungry to learn the most of, which because I kind of underestimate sometimes what what I think people know versus what they actually know. So I guess I want to know, like, what do, what do people really want to know about photography or lighting that they don't already know? Uh, because I feel like I can help in that that regards but i just don't know what people want to know so what does everybody want to learn about lighting and photography awesome love it sweet well thank you again for for coming on for the few minutes uh, this morning and, and real talk and once again everybody will be with you for another episode um later on so be sure to keep an eye on the senior style guide blog and the youtube channel if you're not subscribed go ahead and hit that red arrow down below um to subscribe to all the future content that we're going to put out for you guys but uh, thank you again dan and we'll um, thanks again. We'll appreciate you coming on here. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks. That wraps it up for this episode of the senior style guide, real talk podcast. We are so excited that you guys are joining us and just want to say a heartfelt thank you. I know that there are so many podcasts out there that you guys have the option to listen to, and it really means the world that you're joining us and giving us a part of your day and really just joining in on part of the conversation and, and the community. In addition, make sure that you guys are joining us over on Facebook and the Senior Style Guide group over there, where photographers from all throughout the country contribute, give their input and their advice and their experiences to help other photographers learn and grow. We'd love for you to join us over there as well. So all you have to do is search Senior Style Guide on Facebook, ask to be added to the group, and we'll make sure that you guys get to be a part of the conversation over there. If you haven't had a chance to hit that subscribe button below, please take a second to do that really quick. What that does is it makes sure that you guys keep up to date on all of the content that we're putting out there. We have tons of Real Talk episodes coming to you guys throughout the year from leaders and other photographers that you would love to hear from. So we want to make sure that you do not miss a single episode of that. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. Thank you guys for joining us and we cannot wait to have you as part of the listening experience for future podcasts. Looking forward to seeing you guys on the next episode and we'll see you around.